Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Finding life rather dull? Dreaming again of exotic places? Wishing you were somewhere else? We offer you Escape. Escape with us now to Western Europe and an exciting story about the most murderous group of men on Earth, as Anthony Ellis tells it in A Bullet for Mr. Smith. I've been asked to take the job because as a freelance correspondent in Europe, I could travel anywhere and talk to anybody without arousing suspicion. I would be working for the French intelligence office. And since I was unmistakably American, it was hoped that enemy agents would be slow to discover me as a danger to them. Five days after I accepted the job, I was told to go to a little movie on the left bank in Paris where I would make my first contact. I went, bought a ticket, and found my way to the 15th row, fourth seat from the aisle. Uh, excuse me, please. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. Uh, excuse me. Hello. Um, excuse me. Yes? Could you tell me the time? The time? Please. Nine o'clock, monsieur. Nine. Exactly? Nine, exactly. The man we're looking for calls himself Smith. He may be English, but we don't think so. Where do I find him? We don't know. He was in Paris two days ago, but we have an idea he's headed for Switzerland. Any description? Very meager. About six foot, 180 pounds. Dark, small triangular scar on upper lip. Okay. There is a tobacco shop in a village called Devon. It's on the Swiss border. Owner's name is Mon, one of our men. Better go there. Get Smith. Kill him if you have to. Right. <laughs> it concerned the plans of one of Western Europe's greatest defenses against invasion, the new rocket bases in France. Somebody had gained access to all the details of those rocket bases, but it remained to find out who, and then to stop him before he could get them out of the country. By midnight, I was on my way to the Swiss border. 
The next afternoon, I reached Devon and found the tobacco shop of my contact, Mark. I, I'd like some tobacco. Something different. Of course. I make a blend. Perhaps oh. you will be good enough to judge it. Ah. Blend de mort. You are... Jumont? I am, monsieur. Um, you've been highly recommended in Paris. I'm buying the tobacco for a friend of mine. Mr. Smith. Ah, uh, Mr. Smith. One moment, please. One must be so careful. This way, please. All right. You have credentials? Yeah. Right here in my wallet. You are Mr. Hickok? What? No. no. That's the man who made the wallet. Oh. I'm Alan Rogers. Of course. Thank you. Now we talk business. Sit down, please. Thanks. First, who is Mr. Smith? I don't know. Uh, that's a help. Let me explain. We know there is a Mr. Smith. But as to his true identity... Okay, we'll get to that later. You think he's got the information? No, not yet. Otherwise, he would not still be here. Where is he now? Across the border at Nyon. He appears to be a very rich Englishman, spending his time at Lake Geneva. He was in Paris a couple of days ago. Perhaps he was. What do you mean? Perhaps he was. I am not trying to be mysterious, Mr. Rogers. I said... Perhaps he was, because Mr. Smith may be a number of people. Or a number of people may be Mr. Smith. Oh, wait a minute. Let me get this straight. Are we looking for a gang who call themselves Smith or one man? I don't know. All I can tell you is that he or they are very clever and very dangerous. We had one operative working in Nyon. He became friendly with a Mr. Smith. They went boating on the lake. Our man did not return. An accident, said Mr. Smith. Ah. Wait. Stay here, please. Yeah, sure. Good afternoon, mademoiselle. How may I serve you? A pack of Maurier cigarettes, please. Demurrier? I'm afraid, mademoiselle, that I do not stock the bread. They seem awfully hard to get here. All right, uh, players, please. Certainly. Any luck, my dear? I'm afraid not. Only players. I, uh, I just remembered. Du Maurier, was it not? There may be some in the back room. <laughs> to the front room, but got only a glimpse of the man as he jumped into a closed car. He was tall and wore a mustache. I, I, I couldn't see the girl. Mont lay beside the counter, a package of players clutched in his dying hand. I knelt beside him. He was trying. Trying hard. Go on, go on. What is it? Say it. You. 
क्या नहीं हो मिस्टर स्मिथ Bennington. Oh? My name's Mary Donnelly. My name is Rogers, Alan Rogers. Oh, I'm so homesick for some good American <laughs> talk. Will, will you buy me a drink? Why, sure. There's something about meeting someone from home when you're in a foreign country, especially a girl, that is, most girls, but not Mary Donnelly. I'd never met her before, but I knew her voice. She was the girl in Mont's tobacco shop. She'd been with whoever killed the French agent. And I had a hunch. That was Mr. Smith. And so my parents, being filthy rich, decided the best way for me to forget the cad was to send me to Europe for a year. So, here I am. Huh? Nice way to forget a cad. What about you? Hmm? What are you doing in Switzerland? Vacation. I had a job in Paris and got tired and decided to come here. I wanted to see the rest of Europe before it blew up. Oh. What? You sound disappointed. Oh, no, not really. I thought perhaps you might be a secret service man or something. Uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being romantic. You do look the type, you know. Oh, is there a type? Oh, yes. Handsome, square jaw. No, that, 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 that's a broken jaw. I got it in a football game, uh, along with the name Whiz. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a candy bar, remember? Hey, you're right. I never thought of it before. Uh, uh, but the jaw looks very distinguished. Yeah. Well, it, it, it aches when it rains. <laughs> it does. Oh, looks like we've got company. Well, so here you are, Mary. Why, sir, I hope I'm not interrupting. Of course not. Mr. Rogers, I'd like you to meet Mr. Warwick Smith. Mr. Smith. It happened as quickly and uneventfully as that. Mr. Smith, the same man I'd seen leaving Mont's tobacco shop. It was all very chummy and well met. We had cocktails, we enjoyed one another's company, and to look at the three of us, you wouldn't have thought that espionage and murder sat with us. You mean to say that you haven't seen Geneva yet? No. Well, that's capital. We must take you, Mary. Uh, of course. Fine. Will you both join me for dinner? Oh, well, I... I hate to break up any plans, but oh, I... Not at all. I insist. And then afterwards, we can take the launch down to Geneva. It's a lovely trip. Monsieur Warwick Smith? Oh, oh, here, boy. Uh, excuse me. Uh, telephone call, monsieur. Thank you. Will you take it here? Uh, no, no, thanks. Uh, shall I be a moment? You order another round, Rogers. Right. Merci, monsieur. Oh, he seems to be a nice fellow. Hmm? Oh, Warwick? Yeah. Yes. Um, uh, Mr. Rogers. Yes? Would you do me a favor? Well, I can try. I know it sounds strange, but 
Please, don't go with us to Geneva tonight. Why not? Please, just leave the hotel. Go back to Paris. I, I, I can't tell you anything else, but do as I say. Please, go away. Suddenly, she wasn't putting on an act anymore. The cocktail hour was over, and so was the small talk. Mary Donnelly wanted me out of the way. And yet I was pretty sure she didn't know what I was after. I was trying to make it add up when Mr. Smith came back. I say I feel perfectly uh, septic about this, but I'm afraid our little jaunt is off tonight, old man. Oh, it's too bad. Perhaps some other time. Sure. A frightful bother, but that telephone... Well, it was rather urgent. Uh, Mary, it was the uh, matter we spoke of earlier. Oh, yes. Do forgive us, Rogers. Oh, it's all right. Forget it. Maybe we can get together tomorrow. Yes, rather. Uh, come along, my dear. Goodbye. I'll see you later. Oh, uh, uh, please forget what I said before. I was only trying to be romantic. <laughs> well, sure, I know. You've been reading too much Eric Ambler and John Buchan, spies and stuff. Goodbye, Mr. Rogers. Goodbye. So, they were on the move. Mont had said that they didn't have the plans yet, which could mean that Mr. Smith and his girlfriend were expecting to get them tonight. I followed them out to the lobby, watched them go upstairs, then sat and waited. They came out of the elevator together and left the Grand Hotel. I followed. It wasn't hard. They headed straight for the Neon Railroad Station. Hey, monsieur. Say, uh, a couple of friends of mine are taking the train tonight. They just bought tickets. A tall Englishman and a pretty girl. So, uh, yes, of course, to Basel. Wagon Lee number six. You are seeing them off? No. I'm going with them. I stayed out of sight behind the baggage carts, waiting for the train to pull in. Mr. Smith... Mary Donnelly walked up and down the platform. Just a couple of nice tourists seeing the sights of Europe. Then a man came along. Smith shook hands with him. They went on walking. As they passed me, I got my first good look at the stranger. There was something familiar. Something. It took a few seconds to register. The man we are looking for calls himself Smith. He may be English, but we don't think so. About six feet, 180 pounds. Dark, small triangular scar on his upper lip. Then I remembered. This man on the platform fitted the description the French intelligence office had given me in Paris, even to the triangular scar on his lip. I had found myself another Mr. Smith. Escape under the direction of Norman MacDonald returns in just a moment. The Trojan horse worked out pretty well. It got the Greeks in through the walls of Troy so they could take the city. Well, false ideas can be used the same way. We're being invaded, so to speak, when we get hold of mere scraps of information or depend upon just part of the truth. 
Actually, there's very little difficulty in finding out for yourself what's right and what's wrong. All you have to do is keep well informed. And you have the advantage of the greatest and most accurate news sources in the world. The American techniques of gathering news, of culling the truth from the false. You'll find all the right information by following the newspapers, the magazines, the books, by listening to newscasts and radio roundtable discussions on vital subjects. They're all available to you. Find out the whys and the wherefores. You'll be glad you did. And you'll be a better serviceman and a better citizen. And two, remember, the more you know, the higher you go. It's as simple as that. And now, back to Escape. I sat in my compartment and tried to figure on my next move. With a dead certainty that Smiths 1 and 2 were in possession of the rocket-based plans, the fact that they were headed for Basel told me that. Just across the Swiss border was Lorach in Germany. That's a matter of six or seven miles from Basel, and once inside Germany, it would be easy going for them to points east. I had to stop them before we got to Basel. But I was on a Swiss train, and the Swiss are the most neutral people in the world. They can get real tough about their neutrality. I knew I couldn't get anywhere trying to hide, so I went to the lounge car to let them know I was aboard. Mary Donnelly was sitting in an armchair looking out into the darkness. Hi. What are you doing here? Going to Basel. But I... I know, I know. Let's, let's say I'm, I'm romantic. It would have been very dull in Neon without you there. I don't believe you. Um, where's Mr. Smith? Let me alone. Well, they didn't teach you much about manners at Bennington, did they? Please. What's the matter? Nothing. Oh, I thought you'd be glad to see me. Listen, please. If they know you're here, they'll... They'll what? Don't you understand? Mr. Smith isn't what you think. Really? You must believe me. It's serious. They'll think you're following them. I am. You... Well, I'm following you, too. You fool. Why can't you... Well, well, Mr. Rogers. Mary, you didn't... Uh, Surprise, uh, Mr. Smith. Quite. Um... I'd like you to meet Mr. Tallchief. Mr. Rogers. Mr. Tallchief? How do you do? Why, uh, why don't we all have a drink to celebrate? I mean, we only just said goodbye to Mr. Rogers and Neon. Uh, yes, a happy reunion, eh? You didn't say you were going to Basel, Mr. Rogers? No, I didn't, did I? Well, I'll order at the bar. Is uh, Johnny Walker all right? Fine. I'll go with you. I like my drinks just so. That's the trouble of these parties. Oh, nice fellows. You know, when you're, you're traveling, you're really... You're an American agent, aren't you? No. You are. No. Just working for a country like you. They know it, too. I didn't think my being here would fool them for long. They'll kill you, you know. Oh, on a Swiss train? <laughs> That'd take some explaining. If it were Czech or Hungarian... They'll do it. It'll be an accident. Like the others? Like the tobacconist at Divun? How did you... I was there in the back room. And you... You knew who I was all the time. I knew what you are, too. <laughs> What's the matter? You homesick? Oh, shut up. Where are you going? I don't know anywhere. I can't get it. You might try jumping off the train. It'll be quicker than a long trial. 
thought she was going to faint, but she got hold of herself and ran down the car. I sat back and waited for the drink. It was going to be quite a game from here on. They knew, and I knew. And the question now seemed to be who carried the stolen plan? Smith? Tall Chief? Or was Tall Chief really Smith? <laughs> it was beginning to sound like a who's on first routine when the scotch and soda arrived. Well, here we are. Oh, thanks a lot. Where's Miss Donnelly? Hmm? Oh, she... I don't think she felt too well. Must have gone to her compartment. Rather sudden, wasn't it? Must have been. Look here. Why don't we all go to my compartment? That's wonderful, Tall Chief. We can play some cards. I imagine the poker's your game, eh, Mr. Rogers? It's a good game. But not tonight. Oh, but you must. I mean, well, we can hardly take no for an answer. No, no. I don't feel like it. Compartments are stuffy. I, I stay out of them as much as possible. This won't do at all. I mean, three is such a good game. Sorry. Mr. Rogers, do you know what this is in my pocket? A pipe? Mm-hmm. Try again. Uh... Gun? Well done, Mr. Rogers. Come along. Um, aren't you afraid it might go off? Make a lot of noise. The conductor down there might wonder. <laughs> Come on, Smith. We'll pop in on the girl and then play some euchre. Yes, right you are. Perhaps Mr. Rogers will join us later. I'm sure he will. I'd won that round. They tried to bluff me and they lost out. But that still hadn't got me closer to what I was after. So I finished my drink and had another. Then I went to Mary Donnelly's compartment. Rogers. I don't want to talk to you. I'll bet you don't. Open up or I'll break the door in. Mr. Smith is in the next compartment. Then we'll keep it quiet. Can he get in? Is there an adjoining door? Yes, but it's locked. What's the matter? Would you trust him? They're angry with me. They think I had something to do with your being here. Well, that's tough. You don't know. You don't know what they're like. I've got a rough idea. So did Mont. I couldn't help it. I didn't know Mr. Smith was going to kill him. Why did you go to Divon? He said he wanted some cigarettes, a special brand. They didn't have them in neon. Go on. Later, Mr. Smith told me they... They found out he, there was a French agent in Divon who knew about us. He said he had to kill him. We were so close to getting the plans, nothing could interfere. Which one is the real Mr. Smith? Tall Chief? I don't know. Are there others? Yes. It's a, it's a code name. Okay. Doesn't matter then. Who's got the plans? I don't know. Where are you crossing into Germany? Laura? I didn't want to go. I, I didn't know what they were like. Well, now you know. It was like a game at home in college. We, we used to sit up drinking Cokes and tearing up democracy. I didn't. Sure, sure, honey. You didn't know they play real rough bullets and everything. Please don't. Please don't. I was wrong. I was wrong. You sure were. Listen. Listen, I'll help you. I will. You expect me to believe that? Yes. I don't know what I can do, but trust me. I'll help you get the plans back. You know what it means if they find out? I know. I want to help you. It's not me you're helping. It's a lot of other people you don't even know. 
Okay. Come on. Smith's compartment? Yes. Okay. I'm going to take a chance on you. If you double-cross me. Well... Rogers and Mary, Hello. you're feeling better, hmm? Come in, come in, come in. Thank you. Thank you very much. Right, both of you. What? Go back to the wall over there. Go on, go on. Oh, now, look Let's here, cut old boy. That. You can do better in your own language. Get back. Now, I want those plans. Guns make noise, Mr. Rogers. Not with a silencer, brother. You should know. Hand them over. I'm sorry. All right, Mary Donnelly, or whatever your name is. If you're going to make a sucker out of me, now's the time. Here, hold the gun on them. I'm going to tear this place apart, and if they move, shoot. Yes. Mary, quick, give me the gun. No. I'll kill you if you don't stand still. That's what I wanted to know. While she stood there holding the gun, I ripped the place up and down. Their suitcases, chairs, light fixtures, carpeting, everything. Anywhere that a microfilm or shred of paper could be hidden, but it wasn't there. I searched the two men, and I searched them thoroughly, but there was nothing. If one of them or both had memorized the rocket base system, I was sunk. And they wouldn't talk, so there was, there was nothing to do but wait. We waited. Waited the whole night as the train crawled northward, sitting, watching each other. The girl sat staring out the window. Tall chief read a newspaper and then handed it over to Smith. I held the gun. And we waited. We'll be in Basel in three minutes, Mr. Rogers. Isn't this rather ridiculous, Mr. Rogers? Obviously, you're beaten. Why don't you go back to your own compartment? We change at Basel for Laura? If I have to, Mr. Smith, I'll kill you as the train stops. I'm going to get those plans. My dear fellow, if you kill us, do you think for one minute that another won't get through with the plans? I don't think so. You've got them somewhere. And you know you can't get another copy. It was a shot in the dark. But as soon as I said it, I was sure I'd hit something. They were getting nervous. Tall Chief's eyes started to twitch. I kept up the pressure by tightening my finger on the trigger. Mary Donnelly just stared at them. Once the train stopped, I was finished. Either I shot them down or gave up. The train was beginning to slow down when I saw the headline on the newspaper lying at my feet. It was only a second, but it was enough. Mary, hold the gun. What is it? Right under my nose. I've got it. English paper dated January 13th, night edition. Well, that was last night. That's right. I think... uh, don't. Don't you move, boys. That is a neat trick. Your paper, I'll bet, tall chief. What of it? Nothing much, except the paper came out last night at 7 o'clock in London, and you got on this train at 7 in Switzerland. That'd be some delivery service, huh? Let's see. What? The whole thing. Two columns, not even in code. <laughs> what nerve. Nice printing job, too. Yes! 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 Yes!
He'd taken her eyes off them just long enough. Tall Chief was wrestling the gun away, and I was going down with Smith on top. I managed to roll out from under just as the gun went off. Then I got my arm around Smith's neck and held him against me as a shield, my back to the wall. Now, Mr. Rogers, let go of him. You're finished, and you know it. Sure. Sure. You can have him. I'll take the gun. All right, open the door, Mr. Tall Chief. You've got some explaining to do. There was nothing to do for Mary Donnelly. She'd been hit when the gun went off. I'd like to have told her that everything was okay, but... Well, I guess she knew it. I'd fix it so that in the reporter family would never know. That's the least I could do. The Swiss authorities in Basel were tough. They had Smith and Tall Chief for murder. Me? Well... I was an innocent bystander. They let me go. I went back to Paris with a newspaper under my arm. My job was finished when I turned it over to the country that hired me. Under the direction of Norman MacDonald, Escape has brought you a bullet for Mr. Smith by Anthony Ellis. John Daner was starred as Alan Rogers with Gene Bates as Mary Donnelly and Ben Wright as Mr. Smith. Featured in the cast were Larry Dobkin, Harry Bartell, Edgar Berrier, and Jack Crucian. The special music for Escape was composed and conducted by Del Castillo. You, finding life rather dull, dreaming again of exotic places, wishing you were somewhere else, we offer you Escape. Escape with us now to England and the story of a hard rock miner trapped in a deserted mine beneath the icy waters off the Cornish coast, as Hammond Innes tells it in his gripping tale, The Killer Mine. The rain had stopped when I reached Penzance just before dark. At the waterfront, there were men dressed much the same as myself, in seamen's jerseys and jacket. Nobody took any notice of me, and I suddenly felt at ease for the first time since I landed in England. I lit a cigarette and fished out of my pocket the worn and dirty bit of notepaper which bore Dave Tanner's address. Two Harbour Terrace, Penzance, Cornwall. I read the note again. Dear Jim, I hear things aren't what they were in Italy. If you're getting tired of it and want a change of air, I can fix you up with a job in England, no questions asked. It's a mining job, and right up your street, your old chum, Dave. 
Well, up to now, I'd been lucky. No questions had been asked. So I went to meet my old chum at number two Harbour Terrace. Yes? Mr. Tanner in? Who? Tanner, Mr. Dave Tanner. Oh, nobody of that name lives here. Oh, well, he's an old friend of mine. I've come a long way to see him. Uh, uh, look, here's the letter he sent me. Oh, I'm sorry. But look, you don't have to be afraid. I'm not a cop. He's a Welshman, dark hair and eyes, a bit of a limp. Oh, it's... Uh, maybe it's Mr. Jones you're wanting, but he's not here now either. Do you know when he'll be back? No, I, uh... uh hello. Uh, you're hurt. Oh, no, I... Well, that's blood on your hands. Oh, one of the lodgers, he cut himself on glass. Davy's here, isn't he? He's here and he's hurt. No. You can't come in. Move over. You... Where is he? I tell you, you're mistaken. What the devil are you doing, girl? Come and fix his arm before I lose any more blood. Who was it, anyway? It's all right, Dave. It's me, Jim Price. Jim Price? Fine time for visiting, you've chosen. Well, come on up, man. I'm bleeding to death. We went upstairs, and inside his room, Dave was sitting, white-faced, on the edge of a bed. He winced as the girl daubed iodine into what was obviously a bullet wound. And then the bandage went on. Hey, not too tight, girl. Well, what happened, Dave? Nothing. It's all right. Tell you later. I'm glad to see you, Bach. Still. Yes, Davy. Wrap up some food. Find another raincoat. But you can't go out. You... Don't argue, girl. It's time to go now. All right. It's better. Now we can talk. You've come over for that job, eh? Yes. Got a show with no questions asked? I managed. It cost me my last farthing, though. I've got no papers. <laughs> you got a show. That's what matters. Well, Jim, it's a mining job, as I told you. Here, help me on with my coat. Yes, well, uh, Easy. 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 There. I want to be shut of this place. Your way's the same as mine. I'll tell you about the job as we go. Where? Where do we go? Cripple Z is tin mine. But there's more to it than that. Oh? Come on. We'll meet the girl downstairs. I've got to get out. Come along. <coughs> Davy, here's sandwiches and an old raincoat of father's. Give it to him. Now listen, Sam. Those clothes upstairs burn them. Yeah. Clean up everything. Anybody comes round asking questions, tell them you haven't seen me. All right. Not for three days. Where can I get in touch with you? You can't. You'll come back? Indeed, I will. But remember, you haven't seen me. And you don't know where I've gone. I don't know. That's true. You'll hear from me. Now open the door, see if anyone's about. Yes. The street was deserted, and the rain had started again as we slipped out. We kept to mean, badly lit streets as we made our way out of the town. Then, at the top of the hill, we left the lights of Penzance behind us. We hadn't said a word until then. We'll separate at Lunyon. How far is that? Oh, eight, nine miles. Oh. oh. Where are you going? A farm. I'll be hiding up for a bit. Oh, the police, Davy? In a matter of speaking, 
had a fishing boat. Isle of Mull. We were carrying goods. <laughs> Liquor? Of course. Picked it up from an Italian boat. Revenue cutter boarders. They insisted on taking the hatches off. They warned them not to. It was their own fault. I jumped for the other boat. That's when I got this bullet through the arm. How did you get away? We'd booby-trapped the hatches. When they opened them, she went up, sank. Just like that. How many were killed? What does it matter? They're after me, though. What about me? Oh, the job. I told you, if you want it, it's yours. Where do I go? Who do I see? Crippled Z's. Just down the road from Butler. Ask for Captain Manick. Tell him I sent you. Show him my letter. That's all? That's all. Oh. He'll tell you what it's about. <laughs> Come on, I'll step out. I need to rest soon enough with this cursed arm. It must have been nearly midnight when the little Welshman and I parted. He pointed the way to Cripple's Ease a mile further along, and then turned away, disappeared in the driving rain. Half an hour later, I found the huddle of abandoned mine buildings. And then against a crackle of lightning, I saw a house. I had reached Cripple's Ease and the job that was waiting for me. What do you want? I want to see Captain Manick. I be Captain Manick. What do you want? Dave Tanner sent me. Who? Dave Tanner. He told me to show you this letter. Oh. Hmm. Come in. Right. My name's Jim Price. Davey said you had a mining job for me. I'm a miner. I was working in Italy. Come in here. It's a fire. You can get warm. How long have you known Dave? You were in the army together? Where? Italy, mostly. Casino. Mm. Sit down. You're the deserter chap, aren't you? Oh, it's all right. Uh, David told me about it. We don't ask questions here. Does anyone know you're in England? No, only Dave. Uh, this job you've got, how long will it take? Not being a miner, I wouldn't know. Might take a week. I'll give you a flat rate of 50 pounds. And another 100 if you can do it in two days. A big tin strike? No. Well, I don't see where... All right, uh, just a minute. Yeah. Now, uh, have a look at this chart. These mines are finished. There's nothing worth working in them anymore. I've got another use for it. You see that long gallery running down under the sea? Yeah. It's called the Mermaid. Nearly half a mile long. Now then, what I want you to do is to blow a hole in the seabed at the end of it. Blow a hole in the seabed? Yes. You see the slope of the gallery? It starts about a hundred feet below the sea level. Mm -hmm. Then at the end, rises to, well, by my figures, uh, 20 feet under the bed of the sea. My job is to drill through that 20 feet and let the sea in, huh? Yes. I can tell you it's getting risky running liquor into England through the usual channels. I see. Yes. This will be safer. 
Our boat spots a buoy which marks the entrance of the underwater mine. Lowers the cargo and we haul it through the mine up to the shore. Well, how? A carriage drawn by a horse. Oh, oh it'll work. Even underwater it'll work. I've had two men working on the shaft for a year now, straightening it out. All we need is a miner to finish the job. That's you. It's nasty. Suppose the entrance gets jammed with rock after she blows. No, I'll go down in a day diving suit and clear it. It's nasty. I haven't done undersea stuff. But you know explosives and rock? Yeah. And there'll be nothing to it. I don't know. What about Davy? Was he doing a job for you? Suppose the police get him and tie you up with it. What happens to me? Oh, don't worry. I don't like it. Man, be sensible. You're a deserter from the British Army. You returned to England without papers. If not here, where would you work? I'd be offering you 150 pounds. I should have stayed in Italy. But you didn't? No, I wanted to see Cornwall again. It was a mistake. Not at all. Ah. Do what I ask and I'll see that you get a passage back to Italy. No. Now it's too dangerous. I'm sorry, I'll take my chances somewhere else on another job. Oh? And you leave me no alternative. What do you mean? I shall have to telephone the police in Penzance and inform them that the deserter has shown up. Looking for a job. After what you told me? Now make me laugh. I'm quite a respectable man in these parts. I doubt that the authorities would take your word against mine. You're bluffing. Nobody can force me to do anything. You think not? No, stay where you are, Mr. Price. I wouldn't hesitate to shoot you. You see, I'm in rather a desperate position. It's taken me a long time to find a miner to do this job. I couldn't bear to see you refuse. You still have a moment to change your mind. Hello? Would you ring the police station for me, please? He wasn't bluffing. I knew that I owned only a few seconds to decide. It was a choice of arrest, conviction as a deserter, or doing a job which might mean my life. I had run away from death once before. I suddenly realized that I'd been running ever since. I had to stop. I looked back at Manic, smiling and sure with his pistol pointed at me. Well? All right, hang up, hang up, I'll do it. I'll blow up your bloody mind. Escape, under the direction of Norman MacDonald, returns in just a moment. Boy Scout Week is now being celebrated across the nation. The scouting program is well known to almost every American. It includes character building, physical fitness, and citizenship training that enriches the lives of boys and young men in all walks of life. Get your son or your neighbor's boy to join this worthy organization. And now, back to Escape. Manick put down the phone, opened a desk drawer, and took out some pound notes, handed me ten, and suggested that I get some sleep. We were to start work at five in the morning. 
I was pocketing the money when the door behind us opened. I looked around and saw an elderly man had entered. I didn't know you'd anybody here, Henry. It's all right, Father. This is Jim Price. He's going to work here a bit. He's a miner. A miner, is he? Well, my boy, it's good to know there'll be a miner working here at last. Uh, I knew you'd see it my way sooner or later, Henry. At least we can make a start now. Price is working for me, Father. Working for you? Nonsense, he must work for me. I'll prove to the world that the Cornish mining industry isn't dead. You may as well understand. I'm letting the sea into the mermaid gallery. You're mad. You can't do it. I won't allow it. That's what I'm going to do. I won't allow it, I tell you. I won't. You've no alternative. Mr. Price, perhaps you'd better leave us now. Go to the kitchen across the hall. One of the men will show you to your quarters. All right. I went to the kitchen. I could hear the argument raging through the hall. There were two men sitting by a fire with mugs in their hands. One like a diminutive monk with a pot belly and rosy cheeks, and the other a long, cadaverous-faced man who looked at me solemnly as I entered. Blow me another one. Sit down, chum, sit down. I say, are you staying or passing through? I'm going to work here. I'm a miner. Lord love a duck. Is that slim? Now we don't have to worry about the ruddy roof falling in on us. My name's Fryer, Fryer O'Grady. You call me Fryer. And this here's Slim Matthews. Jim Price. That excited you to blow through the seabed? Yes. Does the old man know? Yes, I just left him. Thought I heard argy-boggy. It's going to be trouble. I don't understand. The old man's been working these mines all his life. Now he says he's found the richest tin strike and call. Captain's right, though. Captain's right. Running liquor is tax-free, <laughs> if you follow me. Too expensive to operate a mine these days. I shouldn't want your job, Mr. Price. We've been sweating for a year down here. Funny feeling with all that sea over your head. Oh, well, every man to his trade, I say. Come on, mate, I'll show you to your digs. Imagine you'll want to be upright and... Thanks. See you in the morning, Mr. Price. The little cockney showed me to my room. And it was about a uh, half hour later that I heard a tap on my door. Yes? Mr. Manick. I was afraid you might be asleep. Look, I want to... Sh I got something to show you. My son tells me you're an experienced tenor. Have a look at this rock. Maybe you'll believe me. Hey, that's tin, all right. This is fabulous. The richest seaman to history of Cornish mining. Look at it. And my son, curse him, doesn't see it. He's going to let the sea into the mine. And he's brought you here to do it. You're the man who's going to wreck my life. I'm sorry. It is a job, that's all. You can't. You mustn't. I'd, I'd give you 50 pounds more than he's offered if you don't do it. What difference would it make if you'd only get another miner? But that would take time. Don't you see? We would be rich. I'm afraid It's, it's that... all right, it's all right. Think about it. I know he holds something over your head. He does with everyone. Think about it and give me your answer tomorrow. All right. I will. Good night. 
What's the pit for, Captain? There, underneath the scaffolding there. To catch the rock when you make the final blast. Oh. Well, it might work. As I told you, if it doesn't, I'll come down in a diving suit to clear it away. You say there's 20 feet to get through? Yes. There's quite a bit of water seeping in now. It'll be touchy, all right. Granite basalt from the feel of it. Oh, that's what I thought. Well, if it cracks, anything might happen. Yes. By the way, my father spoke to you last night, didn't he? Yes. Showed you the tin. Probably offered you more not to blow the mine. I hope you refused, because if you didn't, I can still notify the police. I didn't tell him anything. Good. Then you can start to work immediately. I'll send Friar and Slim down to help you. And by the way, don't go wandering around too much. Some of these old tunnels run for miles and you can get lost. And stay out of the shaft that parallels this one. She's the old come-lucky mine. There have been a lot of falls recently. If she caves in, she'll take in the sea and break through here. I'll be careful. I've worked mines most of my life. It gives you a funny feeling to be standing under the sea a half mile from shore and protected by 20 feet of rock. Rock that you're going to be drilling and blasting until there's only maybe 10 feet. Then you pray that it doesn't cave in until you're out of the way. Friar and Slim came down and I started to drill holes for the explosives. As the rock fell away, little streams of water fell, soaking us. It was nasty work, all right. Did you jump? That's enough for the first blow. How many do you think you'll need? Three, maybe four. Depends. Uh, give me the charges. Here you are, Price boy. Uh, oh, lots of water there. There's nothing to worry about yet. I hope. You and Slim better get up the tunnel when she goes. I was hoping you'd say that. I'm off. Good luck, chum. The two men disappeared up the gallery and I was left alone to explode the charge. I connected the wires, moved the exploder as far as it would stretch into the tunnel, and then I... I pressed the handle. The roof still held. A bit more water trickled in, but she still held. I went back to the entrance for a cup of coffee before starting again. As I approached the cage, which served as an elevator to the surface, I saw Captain Manick talking with another man. It was Dave Tanner. You bloody fool! Why of all places did you have to come here? I told you. They gotta talk. I heard it on the wireless. I knew they wouldn't be thinking of looking for me here. It would be safer. Safer? In broad daylight? Somebody must have seen you. The police will be all over us. Nobody saw me. How do you know? Price, you've got to be through that seabed by tonight. Well, it's impossible. I can't do it. Nothing's impossible. I can get you out of the country as soon as you've finished the job. 
You don't finish tonight and the police come. Well, what do you know? What does that mean? Well, it can't be done. There's too much work for one man. I'll put Friar on the drill with you. He knows something about it. Tanner and myself will be clear of the rock after each blow. Well, I'll try. Good. You, Dave, stay out of sight. Down here. And keep my father out of here. Shoot him if you have to. You understand? All right. All right. We worked like madmen all day, drilling blasting. We blew the rock three, four, five times, and still it wasn't enough. The water was coming in fast, filling the pit. Mannequin Slim went back for new drills and charges. Friar and I stayed on the scaffolding. But I don't like the looks of that. What's up, mate? Rock. Weaker up here. Dangerous? Maybe. Fetch me a pick. All right. Hey. I'm fed up, too. Broken the end. The last charge must have done it. I'll often get another shot for your I sat on that scaffolding, smoked a cigarette. Water streamed down the slimy walls. And I waited for Friar. Five minutes passed. And then... Mr. Manick. You've got to stop. You've got to. Mate in. If you flood the gallery, I'll never get it. I'm sorry. I won't let you, do you hear me? There's nothing I can do. It is mine. You're going to destroy it. I'll kill you. I'll kill you all. You, you better go to the surface, Mr. Manick. is not safe here. Ah, you'll find out. You'll find out how unsafe it is. He was gone. And I knew he was up to something. I wanted to follow, but I remembered Captain Mannix's warning about the tunnels. The old man knew them every twist and turn. And if he wanted to get rid of me, he could lead me to a maze from which I would never find my way out. So I stayed there until the captain and Slim came back. We're getting ready to go, Price. Your father was here. What? He's up to something. How did he get by day? I don't know. You let him go. Come on, hurry. We've got to stop him. What'll he do? He's going to make sure that we can't let the sea in here. He's mad. They're come lucky. Ah, that's what I'm afraid of. He knows that mine like a book. Come on. The old man was somewhere in the mine which paralleled ours. If he knew of a fault in the wall, he could allow tons of seawater to rush in, breaking down the walls and flooding our tunnel. We had to stop him. Friar joined us as we made our way into the adjoining galleries. If he's got dynamite... Don't say it, Captain. I should have locked him up long ago. Uh, what's that down there? The uh, sea. It looks like a light. It, it is. That's him. I, he's working on something. The wall. Father! Father! Stop it! Stay where you are. Stay there. Do as he says. Don't come any closer. Listen to me. Don't do it. You'll be killed. He'll drown us all. Let's get out. Say you let me have me tin. Let him have it. Let him. Uh, look. He's lighting a match. Say it. Say it, Major. No, you old devil. Kill yourself. Go on. You're not getting me killed. Come on, Tom. Run for it. Captain Manick lay on the wet tunnel floor, blood streaming from a wound where Friar had struck him with a pick. 
We ran, the three of us, and behind was the mad old man and his charge of dynamite. We reached the mermaid gallery when it went off. We could hear the water pouring down as though from a great height. And then the more terrifying sound as the tons of sea swept through the maze of tunnels. We ran, ran for the elevator which could take us to safety, and the surface a hundred feet above, and the water followed. You could, you could hear the roar until it deafened you. No, no, wait, wait, give me a hand. I've twisted my ankle. Sorry, Tom, can't stop now. I could see that blessed elevator so close. Slim and Friar were almost there. Then the gate clanged and it started up. No, 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 wait, 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 don't leave me. Use the ladder, use the ladder. Somehow, I reached the ladder, painfully started up the runs. It was a nightmare, and the water was the monster that you couldn't escape. Halfway up, I heard them in the cage. It's stuck. It won't go any further. Pull harder. I'm trying, but it won't. It won't. Cross, cross, can you hear? Cross, are you on the ladder? Price, we both I kept climbing, and the voices faded, faded until I heard a gurgling scream, and then silence, and the water stopped its terrible sound. It had found sea level. When I got to the surface, I saw Dave Tanner. He was standing looking down at me with frightened eyes. And with him were three men in uniform. They were the police. I fell into their arms crying. I tell you, I cried. I was so happy. I got away from that killer, that killer mine. Under the direction of Norman MacDonald, Escape has brought you The Killer Mind by Hammond Innes, especially adapted for Escape by Anthony Ellis. John Daner was starred as Jim. Featured in the cast were Eileen Erskine, Tony Barrett, Ray Lawrence, Wilms Herbert, Jay Novello, and Lou Krugman. The special music for Escape was composed and conducted by Del Castillo. Next week, Escape with us to Mexico City and the story of a woman caught up in a terrifying web of murderous intrigue as Patrick Quentin tells it in his exciting story, The Follower. If you'll stick around, you'll find a lot of laughs and some deep human interest. Bill Goodwin is about to pay his regular Sunday afternoon visit with his Dollar a Minute program. Bill will be selling CBS airtime at this modest rate to more people with things on their mind. Dollar a Minute starring Bill Goodwin follows a mini on most of these same CBS stations. This is Roy Rowan speaking. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. <laughs> <laughs>